This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, the good news is it's not just me this week. Coach Dan is back. He's back from his sabbatical, his sniffles. He's back. And uh, unfortunately, he's back. And we got to talk about this terrible, terrible team and the horrible stadium series uh, uh, game and jerseys. And uh, yeah, Coach Dan, you know what? I thought about this. Caps go for since the first time since 2014 on a five-game losing skid. The same week Coach Dan misses a show? Coincidence? I feel I like know. you just had three different shots at me at the opening <laughs> to this show. And Is I that feel a record? Like I, should be, I feel like I should be upset, but also moderately impressed at the ability for the first two to be somewhat subtle. <laughs> Last one was pretty uh, pretty on the nose there, buddy. Well, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a shot at you. It was a shot at this team. Like, you go away and this team oh just doesn't God, know what to they're do. they're so bad right now. And here's the and we talked about this. I feel like I said this a, a little while ago on one of the one of our programs that um, they're just an average team, mid. Like they're I was I, I yeah they're if they were a European football team we'd be calling them a mid table side. Like they're not bad, they're not good, they're average. They're an okay team. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. They're a team right now. And I was talking with a buddy at work about this. They're gonna end up drafting somewhere between like 13th and 18th at this upcoming draft. Which for a team that has aspirations of winning is not ideal because you're going to get a dude that is like probably going to be somewhere between decent and good. You're going to get maybe a top line player, probably second line, maybe third, even fourth line player somewhere in there. But you're not going to know for three to five years, right? This is a team that needs to win now. They need to be drafting later because that means that they're winning and doing well. They need players that can produce. And when you're stuck in this rut, of what I would like to call the Washington Commanders, right? Because they did this for a number of years, of one of the many bad things they've done. But one of them was that they were stuck drafting in sort of the middle of the pack year after year. So they weren't getting a dominant player that they needed. They weren't getting someone that could turn the franchise around. They were getting role players. They were getting good players. They weren't getting great players. And what the Capitals have right now is they got great players or great player. They've got some pretty good players and they've got okay players. And they don't have people that are stepping up. And the thing is, on paper, it should be a lot of good players and a couple great players. But not enough people are stepping up. Too many people are getting injuries. And the team wasn't prepared to be able to handle that situation. So what they're going to be stuck in now is this rut of, of drafting in the middle of being a team that just misses the playoffs or just makes the playoffs, gets bounced in the first round. They're picking in the you know mid-teens, late-teens, early 20s, where you're not really helping the team move forward right away. You know, Maybe you get a guy that can help you going forward. Maybe you get lucky and have the opportunity to draft a guy like Mir Stachenko, who could end up being a star. But the odds are right now is that you're getting a bunch of role players. You're getting your second, third, fourth-line guys, and that's not going to help this franchise going forward. If you're picking in the middle of the pack, it's because you're building towards something. You're getting better. You've already got those guys you're gonna, you want to uh, be as your core, and then now you're drafting to kind of build around it a little bit or maybe get lucky and have a star player that falls a little bit further for whatever reason. But if you're the Washington Capitals, if you're a team that has aspirations of winning now, that's not where you want to be picking. This is a team that could very easily be – if it wasn't for Alex Ovechkin being on this roster, could have a fire sale a la, what was that, 2003-2004. Sure. Could have the fire sale where you're sending all of your star players away, your Nick Backstroms, your TJ Oshies, maybe even your John Carlsons you're trading away. But because of this promise they made to Ovechkin, which rightfully so, they're committed to winning now. So GM Brian McClellan's kind of in a tough spot. He can't have a fire sale because he runs the risk of upsetting Ovechkin which I know shouldn't be a big deal, but it is. When you have a star player, when you have a franchise player, when you have a once-in-a-generation type talent, 
who's chasing the all-time goal-scored record, you need to be winning now. So he's got to make a decision between now and when is the deadline? Next Friday? Is it the third or the first? The third, right? We go through this every show, and at this point, you think we would know. Hey, we think we would know, but we don't. I'm pretty sure it's next Friday at like 3 o'clock or something. Between now and then, McClellan's got to decide what are they. If I'm him, well, they're a retooling side. March 3rd I'm at prob- 3 p.m. 3 p.m., yeah. So I'm looking at – I really hope I don't have anything big to work to do next Friday. Uh, I If I'm him, I'm looking at a couple of the unrestricted free agents – and deciding who am I probably not going to want to bring back next year that could probably get something for this year. And I'm looking at, can I move some of my work in the summer up to now? Can I make some trades for guys that I might want to try and get in the summer, be it free agency or through a trade that I, I mean, given it probably cost you more now, maybe not, but do I want to try and make some of those moves now for next year? Knowing a lot of different things, it could be different coaching staff, could be different players, obviously with a lot of, unrestricted free agents but it sounds like the team is certainly looking to go in somewhat that direction according to sportsnet's elliot friedman i mean apparently mcclellan's open to talking to teams about their upcoming uh unrestricted free agents and one name that you and i haven't talked about that came up through elliot friedman was garnett hathaway in terms of do you move on from him and i actually would not be i like hathaway i wouldn't necessarily be against getting something for him He's a fourth-line winger, so you're not going to get much. But when you've got a guy like Beck Mallinston who can probably come in and produce, do you look at moving Hathaway out knowing Mallinston's now your guy? He's going to come in. And you give him the rest of this season to prove it. Because he was doing well before he got injured. What, did he break his finger or something? Right? right? He was playing well. And so do you give him an opportunity? The team's struggling to agree to a contract extension with Dmitry Orlov. They're apparently working on it. But they're not close, according to the rumors. They're not close in terms of the number of years the contract's going to be. My guess is they want fewer. Orlov wants more. So does that mean a trade is coming of Dmitry Orlov? What about Connor Sheary, Johansson, Nick Jensen, Van Riemsdyk, Gustav? And these are all guys that are unrestricted free agents. What does it mean in terms of what they're going to do? And how just, I was going to say awful, but that's a little dramatic but just how not good they've been, how average his team has been is that's why they're in this case. And there was a lot of talk about how earlier in the season when they were losing that they just needed to tread water because everyone else was kind of struggling too. Well, we saw how well that worked out because when every other team started to get good around them, they continued to tread water. So that's why we're here. That's why we're at the position of not knowing, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to stay put and just try and rebuild the team in the off season to be a winning team? But I think what we have right here, barring anything crazy going up to the deadline, is we have a wasted season in terms of the Capitals as a franchise. Not Ovechkin. He's still scoring goals. He's doing things. He's doing his thing. But as a franchise, we've wasted a season. Yeah, I can. I can. I mean, I don't want to say wasted a season because it's not like they put their feet up and were just like, all right, well, this is a lost season. We're done here. Like they went out there, they fixed the goaltending situation. No, they, they, they this off season. No, 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 not take the take last off season out. Like they went into this season obviously thinking that we have a good shot here of doing something. They went and they got a very good goalie. They apparently found a really good backup that came out of nowhere. They, they got Strom. They brought in Connor Brown. Like, the injuries have happened, right? And, like, fine. That is what it is. They've gotten really lucky with injuries over the last couple of years, and I guess to some extent they could have figured that was going to catch up with them eventually. Maybe not as dramatic as it has been, but they knew there was no Tom Wilson. They knew there was no Nick Backstrom for a, a large portion of the season. You know, and you can't account for John Carlson getting hit in the ear and having it, to ha- you know, having it reattached. Like, certain things you can't account for, but... The reality is, not the offseason, but this season, as it has gone, as they have not made moves earlier on, as they saw that there was a problem early in the season and didn't do anything to change it, no trades, uh, didn't change the coaching staff, they didn't really do anything to try and jumpstart. They just kind of kept treading water. That ended up being a wasted season because it didn't work. They didn't fix anything. They didn't just like, they didn't think, okay, we're eventually we're going to turn up and start playing better hockey because they haven't been. Yeah, they go and they beat Boston in Boston, being, I think, what, the, only the second team this season to do that. And they play poorly for the next five games. Like, it's it's a wasted season. Yeah, it's... They're not, it's, they're not building towards something. 
You know, if you're a bad team, but you've got a bunch of young guys and you're building experience, fine. It's not a wasted season because you're getting that experience over the season. This isn't a young team. They're the second oldest team in the league at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think you saying they're treading water makes a lot of sense because it is. Like, they are literally – what they're all – all they're trying to do is keep their head above water. They're fighting for the last wild card spot. Uh, they have, what, less – a little over 20 games left. And I think even – was it Garnet Hathaway came out and said we have to win 17 of the last 25 games here. I don't see this team being able to do that. Yeah, that's definitely not happening. I, I That would be – I mean, they're going to need a miracle. And the thing is, they put themselves in a position where – they don't control their own destiny. They need other teams to lose and they need to win. And that is never a good sign. That's never where you want to be in terms of moving forward. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to hope that other teams are going to suck because you don't control your fate. You want to keep winning earlier in the season. You want to build up a bunch of wins and a bunch of points. So if you go through a struggle in the middle of the season, if you have a bad couple of weeks or a bad month or month and a half or six, whatever the case may be, right? You've built up, you've accumulated enough points that you can absorb the crap that you were playing before you turn it, are able to turn it or ideally turn it around and turn it up again. Or you just have to hope that everyone else sucks and then you all get, you know, you get good before they do. In reality, everyone else got better and the Caps were like, what? Wait, where are you guys going? Like, it's, everyone left you behind. And now that's why they're on the outside looking in. I mean, right now in the standings, they are, where is the playoff standings wild card? They're, I mean, they're only two points out, but they're behind Pittsburgh, who they played three more games then. They're tied with Detroit, who they played three more games then. And they're only two points up on Buffalo, who they've played four more games then. Actually, Ottawa's even only four points behind them, but they've played three more games than them. So let's say they that these teams all win their games in hand. They could very easily be the fourth, uh, fourth from the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Not a team fighting for the playoffs. They could be picking in the top ten in the draft. This is a team that expects that has the belief that they can win now. And they might actually be picking in the top 10. Like, could they have a chance at getting the number one pick? I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was just, I was just about to Did ask, like, what, what are the chances here that they win the lottery? I mean, it's not, I mean, right now they're, oh, how come they don't have it in numbered? I'm not counting. You guys figure it out. This is too much work for me. <laughs> Oh, it does on here. Hang on. <laughs> they are presently 20th in the league in terms of points. So, like, could they end up with the first pick? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure they changed the rules, and I don't remember. I feel like they did at some point after last year or something. Or, no, was that NFL? Didn't the NFL change the rules about getting – you're not guaranteed the number one pick if you're the worst team? I have no idea. I can't remember. Anyways, it doesn't matter. If they're in the lottery, have the opportunity to get the first round, uh, first round pick, they should have a first round pick. If they have an opportunity to pick first, actually, I don't know how I feel about that because getting the first pick of the draft would actually be kind of awesome. The like, NHL draft a, lottery gives the bottom sixteen teams in the standing different odds of picking first or second overall. The team with the worst record and the least points has the best odds, whereas the team that just missed out of the playoffs has has a better chance. So I'm thinking if they okay, so if they get the first pick in the draft, it's not a wasted season. I'm gonna say that right now. Like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> And people are probably annoyed at me right now for saying that, but we probably are going to get a really good player who can play next season with a new coaching staff. But if they don't and they're picking, you know, 10, 11, 12, like it's just, it was a waste. You're not going to get a player that's going to help you anytime soon. And that's what they need. They need help now. This is a team that should be winning now, and they're not. They're not winning. They're not scoring. They're not doing anything. It's. John Carlson has kind of proven how important he is to this uh, this defense. And none of these players that are unrestricted or even restricted, I, I feel as if, like, the only two guys that were worth signing were signed during the bye week, 
with Daniel Strom and Sonny Milano, both of who have not looked great since signing. Uh, but those two guys kind of earned contracts. Everybody else, though, with Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom out for such a long time. I mean, Tom Wilson just came back in the stadium series, scored two points, though. Good for him. Or two goals. He, he got two goals. Good for him. The defense not stepping up. None of these players are going like, hey, keep me around. I'm good enough to be here next year. Uh, it feels as if you've got Ovechkin, Backstrom, Wilson, and the goaltenders being the only guys that are like, hey, we're good enough to stick around. You know, everybody else is up on the trade block. Everybody else is is bait to see what else we can get from uh, other teams. I mean, I don't think they're going to – they're not having a fire sale. Like, they're not sending everyone away. But I do think that they are going to look at their roster. They're going to look at the guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents or even potentially restricted free agents. I mean, you're looking at Lars Eller, right? Am I looking at this right? Eller – Hathaway, Sheary, Johansson, Abe Kubel, Orlov, Jensen, Van Rienstijk, Gustafsson, McElrath, and Irwin. These are the guys who's currently on the NHL roster, according to Cap Friendly. They're all scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. You've got Favari and Alexiev that are restricted free agents, but they're not going anywhere. I mean, there are there's a lot of work for Brian McClellan to do after this season. Heck, there's a lot of work for Brian McClellan to do going into next Friday to try and see, does he think, all right, we're going to make a couple of moves to try and push this team into the playoffs and maybe even make a run. Crazier things have happened. But they're not going full rebuild. I, I, I can't imagine they would do that. Let's just go get Connor McDavid. I've heard he's pretty good. Yeah, why not? Well, Patrick Kane, he's looking for a new home, right? Yeah, he's not coming to D.C. He wants to go somewhere he can win now. You put him on a line with Alex Ovechkin, they could win. It's not hap it's not happening, buddy. He's older, so you know Brian McClellan likes him. He he loves the veterans. He loves the old guys. He does not like the new talent. He does not like the Hershey Bears. He likes he likes the veterans. He likes the guys that have been here before. That's why we're the oldest team in the league. That's why we have Anthony Mantha. Second. He likes old guys. He's a year older than Verona, who also isn't doing so well in Detroit. So I, I mean, mean he just that, came back to Detroit. That's that's true. That, he wasn't doing well before that. I mean, that that's a trade that did not work out for either team. Did you uh, see that they and, gave Verona a, a, like, tribute video? As they should have. I thought that was very nice. Yeah, it was good. He, he was a huge part of the, the cup year, so we got some good memories with uh, Jacob Verona, and it was his first time back in D.C. since being traded, so I was happy to see that. Good for him. You know, it was nice to see. You know, it's a trade I wish they hadn't had to make. But based on how Verona was playing, it just it wasn't working out. And he wasn't. Yeah, him and Laviolette didn't see eye to eye, and yeah. I mean, I think I can't imagine Laviolette. I believe is also a free agent after this, or his contract, anyways, is up. Uh, it's weird to talk about a coach as a free agent. That just sounds strange. But I imagine he's not back next year. So we're looking at new coaching staff, new style. I know some people are talking. Oh, they could bring back Boudreaux. I just I don't think that would be the best move. They could bring back you know, Boudreaux. If, they could bring back Trotz. They, there's lots of Yeah, I'll say if they're going to bring back a coach, I'd rather have Trotz than Boudreaux. And it's not to say a shot at Boudreaux. I just think his system doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. You're going to win in the regular season, but that's unless you're in Vancouver. Um, but but they're a mess outside of Boudreaux. But that's not that's not what they want. They need to they need to win in the playoffs. Now, besides the Caps just not winning games, they're not scoring goals. They they have been have been impossible to play with a lead. They just don't do it. The last five games has been atrocious with Alex Ovechkin. You know, actually, we should we should take a like a little uh, a side trip here and, and talk about Ovi. Uh, obviously, uh, Alexander Ovechkin has been gone for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, his father passed away and he went back to to Russia uh, to spend time with his family. And, you know, we we feel absolutely terrible for the Ovechkin family and for Alex on the passing of his father. Obviously his dad meant, meant the world to him. And, um, that's hard for anybody, but, um, we kind of saw what the caps did 
put his dad up on the jumbotron. So many stories have come out about how his dad would just like come into the locker room and hang out with the players, and it felt like he was a part of the team when he was in town uh, watching Ovi, and he would just go to and, and talk to fans at practice or outside the game. And yeah, he was a fan of the game, but he also was a really proud dad. Um, so we do want to send our condolences out to Ovi and. You know, I, I know he's back in town now, but I know this this had to have been just a a gut wrenching week for him and a hard week for him. So, you know, we're thinking about Ovi and his whole family right now. Yeah, I, it's it's hard. I mean, knock on wood, I haven't lost a parent, um, but it must be hard, especially when you're as far away from your family as he is. His family's all back in Russia, and so. To fly back there, my understanding, based on the uh, uh, reporting, a comment per se, from Emily Kaplan during the, I always want to call it the Winter Classic, the Stadium Series game, um, that he actually didn't make it back before his father had passed. Apparently his father had been ill for a while now, um, but he got to go back and be with family, and I think that's important. And I think, you know, the Caps did the right thing standing by him, the players did the right thing supporting him in what he needed, and... Um, you know, it's it's sad times for him um, and his family. And the best that I think the team can do is to support him as they have been doing and let him, when he's ready, you know, join back up with the team. And I know he was at the rink today. He was skating. Um, there's no timetable, I believe, in terms of when he's going to actually be playing in a game. I, I think they imagine by the weekend at the latest. I would have to imagine by the weekend at the latest. Because I know some people, when they are dealing with loss, the best thing for them is just kind of jump back into their routine and get back to normal. Um, and, you know, hitting people and scoring goals uh, is normal for Ovechkin. So I think that's the best thing for him. I would imagine that's the best thing for him um, right now. Yeah, if, if I know Ovi like we know Ovi, I feel like we're going to see him against the Anaheim Ducks in a day. Uh, allegedly, he got off the plane from uh, Russia and went immediately to the practice rink and got on the ice. I mean, the guy is a is an animal. He's a fighter. He he likes being on the ice. I mean, this is his passion. So I have to imagine he's going to be out there sooner rather than later. But real world stuff kind of snuck in here as well. I I feel terrible for Ovi. I do hope he got home to see his dad or to say goodbye to his dad before he passed. I don't like, we don't know. Ovi kind of said, you know, give him some space at this point, but you have to remember with the war in Ukraine going on and everything, there are no direct flights to Russia or from Russia to the U S or anything like that. So it took Ovi a full 24 hours to get back home uh, from DC. So it's, it's really sad. We don't know you know what happened back in Russia with his dad, but it's very unfortunate. Um, but allegedly, his mom and brother are going to come, and he's going to be able to help support his family here in the U.S. Uh, in the next couple days or weeks. So that'll be good that he'll be surrounded by family. But hopefully, he feels that he's got family here in D.C. and at the practice rink, and he's with his his teammates that uh, hopefully he considers family as well. That's something Verana even said. He said, we felt like one family in 2018. It was just one big family when they won the Cup. So I'm hoping Ovi can feel that way, and I, I think he did feel the love from all of the fan bases and, and uh, the technical crew and, and everything and the team uh, while he was in Russia going through this horrible time and this rough time. Um and even though he wasn't at the stadium series, you know, I know his dad was probably looking down at that game, watching it. And uh, I'm sure Ovi himself was paying attention to that game uh, just to, to enjoy the, the spectacle of it. Because when you are going through a rough time, like you said, it's good to get in your routine. But that's also what sports are supposed to do. They're supposed to, for an hour or two, take your mind off of all the bad stuff in the world going on. And uh, hopefully, you know, he got to see the spectacle of that game, maybe not the actual gameplay, but the spectacle of that game and kind of enjoy it. And, you know, you know, we'll see what, what is next for Ovi. But like I said, we're thinking about him and his family as they go through this really rough time. This is obviously very hard for him, but we'll see when he comes back. But we support him no matter when he comes back. Um, and once he get back on the ice, it is totally Ovi's call at that point. But 
Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the team. They're just not scoring goals. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Ovi is not on the ice right now. He is not playing uh, due to everything going on. But nobody else is scoring goals. I go on to DraftKings, and I put two bucks on Sonny Milano. Hopefully one day he's going to pay out, and that has not happened. Uh, TJ Oshie is not doing really well. The only guy who can score in those stadium series jerseys are, are Tom. It's just Tom Wilson. He's the only guy out there. It seems as if uh, this this team is a little bit allergic to that uh, that goalie net. You just got to do what you do in street hockey. You just you play all 60 minutes. Like Wilson's just out there playing every minute of every game. I mean, look at it. This is from Tom Galiti on Twitter. Eller, zero goals in 21 games. Shiri, one goal in 21 games. Mantha, zero goals in 15 games. Milano, one goal in 17 games. Dylan Strom, one goal in 11 games. That's a problem because when you don't have your primary scorers, your secondary scorers got to step up. The problem with the Capitals is their primary scorers aren't scoring and their secondary scorers don't exist, apparently. And that's why they suck because it's hard to win games when you don't put the puck in the net. And part of the reason that I think that the Capitals have been rumored to be interested in Vancouver's uh, Brock Bozer is because that dude scores. And I'd be curious to see what he would cost. He, I feel like if they went and got him at the deadline, I don't think it's going to happen. They've been rumored to be interested in him for a full year. Um, Elliot Friedman, again, of Sportsnet, was saying like he's heard from some people that they're not interested, some people saying that the Caps are interested in him. He's got two years left on a deal, cap hit of 6.65. So he's not cheap if you bring him in. And Vancouver's probably going to want a lot to go get him. And given that the Caps might have a chance at the first pick in the draft, they probably don't want to lose that first-round pick. So, But if you go out and get a guy like a Brock Bozer, like you're getting a guy who's going to be able to put the puck in the net. And maybe that's part of the Caps issue right now. Maybe this roster is set up where they have a lot of guys that can move the puck, but not a lot of guys that can shoot it. And maybe that needs to be a little bit of a rebuild. We need guys that can actually put the puck on net and score some goals. In that Detroit game, I want to say it was, was it TJ Oshie who it seemed like he had open nets? I mean, the decision to pass it instead of shoot it is in the brain of a lot of the guys that should be the goal scorers. TJ Oshie, Evgeny Kuznetsov, those guys, and they're passing it when there are these wide open shots and they're, they're just not taking them. Well, here's their big problem right now. You got Ovechkin leading the team in goals with 32. Would you like to guess, no looking, no cheating, Brandon. Would you like to guess who the second highest goal scorer on the team is right now? I'm going to go with Connor Sherry. No? He is tied for third with Dylan Strome. Both of them have 12. Marcus Johansson has 13 goals. Here's the drop-off. 32 goals to 13. That's quite the drop-off. Why is no one else scoring any goals? Now, technically, they'd be like, well, Baxter's been out. He's never been a huge goal scorer. Wilson's been out. He's got four goals in 10 games. All right, that's not bad. Take that throughout the rest of the season. He's probably getting, what, you get six, uh, uh, 40 more games in him. Would that be another 16 goals? He's in his 20s. Okay, that's not bad. Wilson probably is, would be producing where you'd want him to produce. But there's no one else. No one else on this roster is scoring enough goals. Mantha's got nine freaking goals in 54 games. Kuznetsov, nine in 58. Nick Dowd, no offense, Nick Dowd has more goals than Evgeny Kuznetsov in less games. What is, like, what is that? That is a huge problem. This team, like you said, they are not scoring enough goals, and that's why they're stuck in this rut of being a mid-table middle of the standing side i think it was alan they was suck he was reminding me of uh little john he was just going shots 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 put the puck in the goal just take shots 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 imagine imagine the puck is pink whitney just take some shots that's what you got to do elvechkin's got 227 shots on the season because that's off his second at 131 are they afraid like i don't understand like, given, not every shot's going to go in. Probably most shots won't go in. I mean, Ovechkin's got 227. He's only shooting at 14.1%. Dowd's actually shooting at 23%. That's not too bad. That's impressive. Wilson, 21%. The problem is they're not putting the pucks on net. As everything from the outside, not enough shots in close. They're not getting enough garbage goals. They're not getting enough goals in general. Not enough guys have that, that not me-first mentality, but that killer instinct of, like, 
I'm putting this puck on net and I'm scoring a goal. A lot of it's just kind of like they're just taking shots. They're not trying to score goals, if that makes sense. Right? You take a shot from distance where there's a lot, you know, some traffic, or actually, if there's no traffic, it's highly likely the goalie is going to make a save. When you put it when there's traffic, if you're putting them in from close, you know, if you're creating garbage goals, if you're creating havoc in front of the net, it's a better opportunity to score goals. And the team's just not doing that. They're not. And and let's talk a little bit about that stadium series uh, game. I thought the I spectacle of the game. Face. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, I know some people out there like them. Even my girlfriend last night told me that she doesn't mind them when she saw them uh, actually on the uh, on the ice. She actually was like, I think they're actually kind of cool. I'm still not a fan, but we got to talk about those jackets, those varsity jackets they came in on. Apparently, TJ Oshie. TJ Oshie, yeah, spearheaded this idea. He brought those guys in on a yellow school bus. Uh, apparently, Yevgeny Kuznetsov was really excited because they don't have those in Russia, but they kind of made it feel like a, a football game with the varsity jackets. Uh, those varsity jackets were top-notch. They were sweet. I absolutely loved one. I would like one. I'm not spending $450 like 12 people did in D.C. earlier this week uh, to get one. But I thought they looked really good. I was ready for this game. Like I was like, all right, they're re-energized. They're having fun. They're coming in with these jackets. They're coming in on the school bus. They've got footballs. Like they're into it. And then the game started, and everything went to went to hell. And the Caps forgot that the game started. I mean, they, it was pretty funny at one point because the I completely am blanking who was on the broadcast, but they were talking about the Caps had had a number of games up before that one. And it was just like, don't, don't make excuses. Like, I get it. They're probably tired, but they also just aren't playing well. Yeah. Like, there was just, it was garbage angle shots. It was just, Carolina was beating them to every puck. They were outworking them, out hustling them. They just look like a completely better, uh, different team than the Capitals. And that's what the Caps are right now. They're, they're old and slow to an extent. And uh, Alan May, before pregame, he said, these are the greatest jerseys I've ever seen. These were his favorite of the outdoor series. Not just caps, of everybody. He was like, this is the best jersey they've anyone has worn. I absolutely love these jerseys. So there are people out there, Dan. You and I might agree this is not our favorite. But there are people out there that love them. We know we got some listeners that love them. So They got mad at us. They yeah, mad at me. It's all right, you know, every, to each their own. If you dig them, cool. Fair. But that's fair. That's fair. Th this is it. It's these two games that they wore them in, and now those jerseys are never to be seen again. And apparently, the W jerseys are being retired after this season as well. So <laughs> maybe they've I got uh, to annoy you. Maybe they're going to bring back those reverse retros, make them the. Maybe they're doing like a complete rebrand oh. this off season. Well, it's. Adidas is their last year, right? After 23-24, I, I wonder, do we get another reverse retro next year? Yeah, next year they're doing another reverse retro. They got to bring the Capitol building one back then, right? What is – that's what I'd like. So what's your what's your favorite – like what would be your go-to for the reverse retro next year if you could design one? I think that they're going to do the Capitol Dome in red, white, and blue. Or maybe they do like the – the blue, but they do the old 70s Capitals script on the blue. See, that's I, – I see I see one of those. I think it's one way or the other. They do – they go reverse retro style of Capitol – I would love the Capitol Dome logo in red, white, and blue. I've always wanted to see that. I really hope that's what they do. I think they're going to go the, the black, blue, and bronze of the, you know, 80s. Jersey, 80s and, and, and 90s, or early 90s, I should say, Jersey. Um, I think that would be pretty – those would be good. I'd prefer the – I want the Capitol Dome logo to come back in some way. I want last year's reverse retros to be the third jersey. I think that would be pretty – that'd be pretty I think, good i think this year's reverse jersey or reverse retro jersey you make our, our primary that's our standard from now on i love the black i love the screaming eagle no they're that. gonna stick with the red white and blue i don't want it i, I it, it's over we've done it let's move on yeah so i don't know i i think i'll be curious to see if, if he just has a reverse retro i'm curious to see who the next kit supplier is gonna be your kit keep going back into european football i'm curious to see who the next jersey manufacturer is gonna be are they gonna you know does reebok even still exist Nike Under Armour, that would be kind of cool. We'll see who it ends up being, but I'm I'm curious to see what they do next. And 
what the next group decides to do in like reverse retro style, like what's going to be their thing. Uh, and I hope they don't do the thing where they only allow two jerseys for the first year. That will annoy me. It looks like we're getting the W jersey for four more games and actually coming up against the Ducks on the 23rd. So it looks like we're losing that game. And then um, March 9th, March 15th, and April 10th, and then the W jersey is gone forever. So four games left for the W jersey. Well, I have it right up here in a – oh, I have my microphone. Right up here in a, a the John Carlson bobblehead. But that's it. After that is done. <laughs> no more. Was not a fan. I think the stadium series with the Eagle – I think the Eagle is my big – the Weagle was my biggest problem. It was just so big and like they should have done the practice jerseys. You said I think you sent me the picture. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, those actually I was like, ooh. Yeah. You put the stripes from the stadium series jersey on that, then you got something. Yeah, I, I definitely I did like the practice jerseys more than the actual jerseys uh, for the stadium series, but that's just my take. I just I, I I like I agree with you. The Weagle I think was just too big. It was too big. I know the stadium series was supposed to be big and bold and everything, but not my thing. I like jersey I doesn't liked, have to be. Yeah. I like the event the, uh, can be, but calm down. <laughs> jersey manufacturer, creator guy, person, whoever it is. Yeah, I like the practice jerseys though. But I will say the only thing I really did like is I liked the white on white you stitching. Who made that jersey? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. He's a big explosion. Surprised didn't explode at the end of the game. You know, some <laughs> big stupid explosion that makes no sense. I liked the the stitching on the the eagle head of the jersey. I did like that. The white on white stitching was very nice. Gave it some definition, which I thought was really cool. Sure. But all right, so all right, we're trading everybody uh, coming next Friday. That's your plan. Trade everybody, get some people in, get it in the kid from Vancouver. See what we can do there. What else are we gonna have to do to get this team to win? Score uh, trades and score goals. Shots. Just take some shots. And hope everyone else sucks for a while <laughs> so you have a chance to to move up in the stand. I mean, that's reality. You know, the team's not built to win right now. They think they are on paper. They are. But they're just not in mean, what we're seeing. This is not a winning team. And I think they took too long. It's too late in the season to, to make a change. And, I mean, it's not because crazier things have happened. I mean – you know, you look at the first year they made the playoffs in the Ovechkin era, and they, they won the division at the last minute. Right. So, But part of that is also, uh, you know, thankful because other teams, Carolina, kind of blew it in a way. And so you have to hope that other teams screw up, and I just don't see that happening. They had an opportunity earlier in the season to make a change, be it trades, be it the coaching staff. And, I mean, someone really thinks you could have changed. And they chose to just stick with it. And it was a wrong call. Anything else we should talk about in Caps World? Yeah, I think we've been a bit doom and gloom, but there's been a couple of good things. Congratulations are in order to Lars Eller. He is now first all-time in most games played by a Danish player in the NHL with his 926th game, that being the one in the stadium series. Not the best game to become first all-time. But, hey, congratulations to him anyways. John Carlson. He's uh, working out prior to practice. Still got a ways to go, but it looks like he's on his way back. And uh, I like your little note on the on the notes for this one. But Carl Haglin, he actually underwent hip surgery, same one that Backstrom underwent, uh, with the intention of you know making his way back to playing again. My get, I think he's a free agent after the season, and uh, I think his contract's up. Right, where are you in this thing, Haglin? Yeah, he's a free agent. Uh, I imagine he's probably if he wants to play somewhere else back over in Europe next year, unless, uh, you know, an NHL team takes a flyer on him, maybe an invite to training camp, see if he can do, you know, get back to playing. Hopefully it works out for him. You know, no hate on him. He's just, you know, team needs to get younger and it wasn't working out. He's, he's had a string of bad luck. Like he had the eye thing and now the hip thing. Like he's, if he wants to get back on the ice, I don't see it at the NHL level, but he's, he's hopefully, I mean, he, he's a he's a pro athlete, so you know he's competitive. Maybe we'll see him on the ice somewhere, but he's been through the ringer the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, injuries have not been kind to Carl Hagelin. Yeah. Well, is that it? Is that it for Caps World? Uh, yeah, buddy. 
All right, well, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. Now let's go down on the farm. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Well, it has certainly been a while since we last went down to the farm. So this is going to be a little bit of a quicker trip, although maybe not based on the notes I'm reading right now. <laughs> but uh, we might be doing a little quicker trip through Chocolate Town. Bears are currently second in the Atlantic Division with 69 points, one yeah. back of first place Providence. They'll be back at it on Saturday when they host Lehigh Valley at the Giant Center before they host Belleville on Sunday. In other Bears news, prospect Hendricks Lapierre was a healthy scratch for the Bears games this past Saturday and Sunday. First time this season he has been a healthy scratch. Head coach Todd Nelson was telling reporters on Saturday that it was to allow Lapierre the opportunity to reset as the Bears rookie has been frustrated with his play as of late. I think that's a good move. Give him a chance to step back, collect himself, and then finish out the season strong. Now, here's my question for you about this. I specifically put this in our notes because I wanted to talk about it. With the trade deadline coming up. And no. Hendrick, no. LaPierre. No. I know what you're asking. No. Okay. All right. Okay. So for Connor McDavid. <laughs> or Austin Matthews. Or uh, someone else that's really, 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 really good. <laughs> You see, I'm I'm just worried. I am worried because I guess we we lived through the George McPhee era where we saw a lot of younger talent leave and the Philip Forsberg mess. But oh. Henrik's Lapierre not playing well, becoming a healthy scratch. Does Brian McClellan look at that, a guy who is known to not like young players, and go, he's not panning out, he's not doing what we wanted him to do. We gave it's him like a shot 11. at the end. I I don't know, but think about this too. He's been a healthy scratch for Hershey. He did not make the World Juniors for Canada the last what year, two years. Is this guy yeah, he was not? Injured. Is this guy not panning out? Is he not who they thought he was when he got drafted? And do you see him as maybe potential trade bait? Not unless it is a like they're going to get a bona fide star back. Like if you're getting a guy in his early to you know early mid twenties that is already putting up points, then you're like, yeah, all right. I mean, dude is sixth on Hershey in uh, – sorry, that was poorly structured. He's sixth on the team in points down in Hershey. He's got 23 points, 10 goals, 13 assists in 47 games. No. No, he's like 11 years old. We have no idea what he's going to be. He's actually – Oh, I'm not doing the math. He's some age. I have no idea. He's I'm not figuring it out. Age. He's like 20 or 21. I have no. He's probably not even that old. He's born in 2002. Is that what that just said? Oh God. Yeah. February. He. Oh, his birthday was earlier this month. Oh, happy birthday. I think he turned. <laughs> happy 20... birthday. You're scratched. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, oh, you know where I probably could have checked this on Cat Friendly because theirs is easier. Where. Is Lapierre. Yeah, he's 21 years old. Oh, give him time. You know, he still could even have another season of Hershey, and it'll be fine. You know, this is a team that needs to win now. They have no, absolutely no need to rush the kid up. I think he'll be fine. No, I think this. I think this is exactly what the coaching staff in Hershey is saying. He was, my guess, he was struggling. You know, he was holding the stick too tight, trying to do too much, and they're like, "Hey, give yourself a little bit of a reset. Sit down, take a break. We'll get you back in." Let's you know give you a chance to to reset yourself, and I actually really like that. I think that's a good move. Good. I'm glad to hear that because I'm worried. Like with the trade deadline coming and him getting scratched, is the potential for him leaving? You're saying no? No, 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 no. I, I, if they do that and it's some like thirty year old third liner, second liner, I'd be like, why are you doing this? Like that makes no sense. It's got to be for a top line, a top three player. It's got to be someone who's going to be a top pairing defenseman or playing on the top line with Ovechkin. All right. Well, I, I hope next week we're not saying like, well, he's gone. I Hopefully this time. Well, actually, no, it'll be next Friday. So, but we'll see what that happens. Depends, but... man. Most of the big trades that have happened happened before the deadline now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I we'll see what I happens. Know. We'll but... see. 
I'm, I'm happy to hear you don't think he's going to be heading anywhere. So go on. Let's talk about the Stingrays. Let's go down to South Carolina, where they are currently tied with Greenville for third in the South Division with 61 points, two back of second-place Florida, and seven back of second-place Jacksonville, though the Stingrays have played two less games. They'll be back at it on Friday, where they are hosting Worcester at the North Charleston Coliseum. Then they host Atlanta on Saturday. Now that we know what's going on down on the farm, Brandon... Let's go around the NHL and beyond. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. It's time to go around the NHL and beyond. There's plenty of stuff going on. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Kept waiting for a trade to break while we're recording and then i'm gonna get so mad when it happens right after where they're gonna trade lapierre right after the show (laughs) just just to annoy us but speaking of trades let's start with a couple that have happened over the past few weeks we know about tarasenko going from st louis to new york st louis isn't done reshaping their roster as they sent centers ryan o'reilly and noel Asiari to Toronto for center Mikhail Abramov, winger Adam Gaudet, a 2023 first and third round pick, and a 2024 second round pick. It's a big deal, the Blues trading Ryan O'Reilly. Vegas also sent defenseman Shea Weber and a fifth round pick to Arizona for defenseman Dyson Mayo. LA signed goalie Phoenix Copley to a one-year $1.5 million extension, while they also locked up defenseman Mikey Anderson to an eight-year $33 million extension. Cap it comes to $4.13 million per year. Congrats to Phoenix Copley there. Honestly. Yeah, right. He's doing well. Former Cap, former Hershey Bear, gets an extension. Good for him. Congrats to him, a North Pole Alaska native. Awesome, Awesome work. Former Stingray? Was he a stingray? I think I, yeah, I think you might be right. Maybe, maybe. Can't remember. Uh, heading over to Detroit, they're in the news for two reasons. First, they signed defenseman Oli Mata to a two-year, six million dollar extension cap. It comes out to three million a year. And then uh, Dylan Larkin, he was fined five thousand dollars for cross-checking the Capitals' T.J. Oshie. That's oh. not very nice. In international, yeah, he, he news, wasn't. He wasn't sting. Uh, he, he was in South Carolina. Yeah. He was? Yeah, looks like 2013, 2014. He was in South Carolina, Caps, Bears, Blues, Wolves, Blues, Wolves. Then he was a Bear, a Cap, Bear, Cap, Bear, Cap, Bear, Cap. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like he started his career after Michigan Tech uh, with the South Carolina Stingrays. I don't know why you saying Bear, Cap so many times made me laugh, but that was funny to me. (laughs) I guess I'm tired. Anyways. In international news, the U.S.-Canada Women's Hockey Rivalry Series wraps up this week. This past Monday, President's Day, an American holiday, Team Canada defeated the U.S. 5-1, to tying the series at 3-3. to So oh. that went well. Ah, oh, could have been a great story that they botched. Game 7, the final and deciding game of the series, that takes place tonight, that being Wednesday, as we are recording. Brandon, let's do it. USA. 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 He's leaving USA. me to do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you wait? In other women's hockey news, the Premier Hockey Federation announced the 2023 Isobel Cup. Those playoffs will begin on March 16th at Boston's Bentley Arena and in Toronto on March 17th. Tournament will be played in a pair of best of three series. Final two winners will play in a single game championship final on Sunday, March 26th. The Boston Pride currently lead the PHF with 40 points, with the Toronto Six a point behind in second. The other teams in the playoffs have yet to be determined. Now, in what may be excessively going into the future, the IIHF has already released the schedule for the 2024 Men's World Juniors Tournament. The 2024 World Junior Championship will be hosted in Gothenburg, Sweden, from December 26, 2023 to January 5th. 2024 on december 26th group a will start with a game between finland and defending champion canada 
before a hosting Sweden. I'm sorry, before host Sweden will play Latvia in the evening game. Group B opens with Slovakia up against the Czech Republic, followed by the U.S. taking on Norway. Now, also, bleh. now, interestingly enough, the IHF noted in their press release that the schedule could potentially change if the Russian and Belarusian t- national teams are reintegrated into the 2024 IIHF championship program. Yeah, I found it very interesting. I, I wanted to put that in there because we are, I think it was either yesterday or today was the one-year anniversary of the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we saw um, the world kind of respond to what was going on in in Ukraine. And Russia and Belarus has not been a part of any IIHF tournament since then. So they kind of noted there, if Russia and Belarus, if this war were to end before December, that those two teams potentially could come back into the fold. So, I mean, let's hope that the war in Ukraine, for everybody's sake, does end uh, sooner rather than later. But... You know, the IIHF is already saying potentially Russia, Belarus, you know, when you guys are done being jerks, you can play hockey again. Well, let's hope they stop being jerks, but I still feel like there's got to be some other set of uh, punishment for them. And finally, we are recording this show on February 22nd, which is the 43rd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice game where Team USA defeated the Soviets during the 1980 Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. Everybody, go boot up your Disney Plus account. Go find the movie Miracle. It's great. Check it out. Fantastic. There was a clip of the last 15 seconds, 30 seconds, that Mm -hmm. was playing on Twitter earlier today. It was amazing to watch. Loved it. Uh, Go check out that movie also. Very good. Brandon, we may have some breaking semi- hockey news going on right now Uh-oh. uh being reported 32 seconds ago elliot friedman of sportsnet is saying that nikita zaitsev is being moved by ottawa oh zaitsev's going to chicago chicago According to elliot 18 seconds ago nikita zaitsev is going to chicago no word yet on what is coming back but by the time you're listening to this everybody you'll know more than we do at the moment brandon we need a breaking news sound effect we, we do need a breaking news sound effect. I don't know what we could use. That would be breaking news. Maybe the breaking of glass, you know, on the of a hockey rink. Stone cold. Yeah, <laughs> stone cold. Yeah, right. That would be one way to do it. All yeah. right. I'm not seeing anything else right now, but I will keep paying attention to Twitter as we go and cut you I, off as things more information comes. I do have to tell you, I mean, this is the 43rd anniversary of that Miracle on Ice game. Um, of course, neither of us were born when that actually was happening. But looking at that clip, that Do, do You Believe in Miracles clip, seeing that crowd go bananas. I mean, I know that you and I and everybody else that's a Caps fan watching the Caps win the Stanley Cup, we're going absolutely bananas. And, and any team that wins the Stanley Cup, you see them go absolutely crazy. But something about that game something about that crowd and the crowd noise and and the the way that the players celebrated on the ice of that miracle on ice game i don't think in our lifetime we will ever 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 see something like that again i know the whole story uh, behind it these guys were were not professional players and the soviets were this this powerhouse in hockey and you know they, they had won so much beforehand but man you, tell me, you don't have a pulse if you watch that clip of that ending of that game and don't get goosebumps. There is just something so special and pure about that game and the ending of that game and watching it back. Like it's it it's it, it, it takes my breath away every single time I see it. It's I mean it's amazing. Like you said, goosebumps. Yeah. All right, here we go. Chicago acquires Nikita Zaitsev and a 2023 second round pick and a 2020, 2026. What? How did you? Okay. 2020. This is from Emily Kaplan, by the way, I believe she's with ESPN. She's according to her profile, ESPN hockey reporter and bagel snob. Anyways, (laughs) uh, where did your tweet just go? Chicago is acquiring Nikita Zaitsev, 2023 second round pick, 2026 fourth round pick from Ottawa. For future considerations. So Blackhawks bringing in some draft capital. 
I guess. Yeah, with a second round pick. In the, so that's uh, is that a salary dump? I get. I don't know. That's a weird one for me. Yeah, that's what's going on. But uh, yeah, that's the news for the past little bit in the NHL. And well, that's it for what's going on on the show this week. If you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash while it's still free to tweet. It might not be on Twitter much longer the way things are going. But anyway, uh, tweet to me at Brando Cash Coach Dan. Where can people tweet to you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan talking all kinds of capitals related stuff as well as talking about the greatest team in england right now arsenal football club talking about the bills the commanders and other things in the wide world of sports that's fine on twitter at wtp coach dan hey if you've enjoyed the show go ahead and check us out on facebook facebook.com slash what the fuck pod it's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington Capitals, Hershey Bears, South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs from time to time, and the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. Brandon, seeing as how you do such a fine job producing and running this podcast, is there any other podcasts that you are uh, running and producing? So you can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Currently, we are waiting for Lamar Jackson to sign a freaking contract, and then we will do a show. And just uh, yeah, is that going to happen? No, I, I think they're going to franchise tag him, and then they don't sign. He doesn't sign a deal till right before training camp. That's my guess. But uh, we'll see what happens down the road. But get a deal done or trade the guy at the draft. Honestly, I'm sick and tired of talking about this stupid contract. It's really annoying. Just figure it out. There's the business side of football. Figure it out. But whenever it is figured out, we will talk about it on the call. And that's my Baltimore Ravens podcast. So definitely check it out and go to our Facebook page. My buddy Josh messaged me today and said, hey, I got some things to say. I want to go on Facebook Live in a little bit. And I said, dude. Go for it. Let people hear what you got to say. So that's our uh, Baltimore Ravens podcast. Now, this show we do for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. And let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and and Hive, anywhere you're social on the web or with your phone, say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. The return of the W jersey. Thursday, February 23rd, the Capitals welcome the Ducks to D.C. That game's at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on NBC Sports Washington. Then on Saturday... February 25th, the Capitals are up against the Rangers. That is a 1 o'clock game. You can watch that one on ESPN Plus or ABC. And then on Sunday, the Caps are up against Buffalo in western New York, up against the Sabres in Buffalo. Again, a 1 o'clock in the afternoon start for that game on Sunday the 26th. You can watch that one locally on NBC Sports Washington or on the NHL Network. And then the Western coast the west coast trip begins for the capitals march 1st they will be in anaheim up against the ducks that is a 10 o'clock start you know coach dan catching that one 10 o'clock start and that one is on nbc sports washington locally here and then the trade deadline is friday the third hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about coach dan and i will be back after the trade deadline to talk all about the newest capital, the savior of the capitals and who is going to help this team get to the playoffs. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Look at that. March 4th the capitals in San Jose, six o'clock start for that game. Woof, boy, that one's, that's a weird start time. You don't normally see that with San Jose, but anyway, that's it. Oh, coach Dan, we got to continue our tradition. You didn't remind me. We got back to backs this weekend. Rangers, oh. Sabres, which goalie starting which game? Ooh. Temper against the Rangers and 
lingering in upstate New York. Really? Because I feel like the Buffalo game is more important because they're kind of in the chase right now, and you go with the backup for that game. You got to win I mean, you, you got to win everything at this point. Yeah, so that's why you you arguably the better team being the I mean, right? Better team being the Rangers right now. Sure. You want you're you're putting them in. You're putting your best player, your your better, arguably better goalie, um, in against a better team. All right. Well, hey, that's it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud. Say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.